Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be another trip to Reddit and specifically the Ask Reddit forums in a thread entitled Escorts of Reddit. What was your first day of work like? Brackets, serious, serious replies only. But before we get into that, I just want to catch up on the latest lose, lose news, as I don't like to say, but accidentally said. So I'm still looking for a job. So for a brief period of time until I find that job, I will not be recording super gross shit <laughs> because I don't want people looking at my work to be like, oh shit, this guy is a freak. Because I've had a lot of instances recently of people thinking somehow not being able to separate the content from the reader, which is uh, a sadness, but unfortunately it is a, a real job hunt issue. So until someone pauses my neg job hole, I will be reading less straight up gross shit. And I understand if that is upsetting to you. Unfortunately, it is the reality of trying to get a job outside of the not paying podcast world. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, if you would like a Lou Reed's Magnet, because you've listened this far, and you would like a Lou Reed's Magnet, nothing has changed about the Lou Reed's Magnet situation. I have magnets. If you'd like one, simply send an email to loureeds at gmail.com with your address included in the email. It is not necessary to email and ask if I'm still giving out magnets, because I am, and I have never not been. <laughs> so uh, if you would like a magnet, please. Send me an email saying, hey, Lou, I would like a magnet or some variation on that theme of request. And then I will send you one. If you would like a Lou Reed's t-shirt, I have the company that I've been making the t-shirts through, bonfire.com, now offers a store option. The store is open all the time and you can just buy a t-shirt whenever. I think the cut I get from the t-shirts is a lot less that way, but it saves me the hassle of having to launch campaigns and then spend the three weeks that the campaign is open begging people to buy t-shirts, which is something I dislike doing. So feel free to go to Lou Reed's Facebook page and click on the the shop now button and it'll take you to the store you can buy a shirt or or just go to bonfire.com and search Lou Reads and it'll take you straight there and beyond that summer's almost over I'll be glad when the I don't have to have the air conditioning on all the time because <laughs> it is hot today and I think 97 in New York City it's a scorcher anyhow that is neither here nor there Let's get into this episode. So the first thing we'll read is the OP, the original post, of this subreddit post. And again, the title is Escorts of Reddit, What Was Your First Day of Work Like? Brackets, serious. Serious replies only. And it was posted by Clearmind Dopemind. And it goes like this. Were you nervous? Was it awkward? Did you have fun? Was your client happy? How do you feel about it now? Did you get encouraged or discouraged by your experiences that day? And throw away because pros replies. Posted this before, but what the hell? Throw away for obvious reasons, but I'm an actively working girl. My first time was only about a month ago. It was through a website where you make offers to pay a girl to go on a date with you. They had to be very clear that it wasn't a prostitution website. 
Brackets, you compensate for time, it said, many, many times, but sex was fairly well implied. My first time was with a 43-year-old married man in town on business. He had contacted me about a week prior through the website offering $80 for a date. He said he would give me $2,000 slash month for regular sex if we liked each other. I said yes, and he told me which hotel to meet him at and when. He also told me what to wear. I arrived, and he wasn't too bad looking. Slender and way more tan than you normally see as far as far north as I am. He bought me a drink at first at the hotel bar and we talked for a bit. I was unbelievably nervous, but he was fairly reassuring. I was sure everyone knew what I was there for and I was terrified of anyone calling me out. Eventually, he suggested we head up to his room and I gave him the meekest quote-unquote okay that has ever passed my lips. We went up and sat on the bed and chatted a bit more before he kissed me. After a couple of seconds, he pulled back and said, quote-unquote, I like the way you do that. Let's take off your clothes and see what else you do well. I got naked and gave him a blowjob. I wasn't really expecting him to finish that way, but he did. After that, he laid back in the bed and indicated I should join him, so we snuggled and talked for a bit more. Eventually, he told me that I thought it was funny and sweet and quote-unquote, too good at that and that he didn't want to see me again in case he formed an emotional attachment. He said he just wanted sex. He didn't want to mess things up with his wife. I said that was fine, and we talked some more. Eventually, I started putting my clothes on. I was waiting for him to give me some money, but he wasn't making any moves in that direction, so I sat and talked with him a little longer. Eventually, I reminded him that we had agreed on $80 for the date, and he acted all surprised. He made a show of looking for his wallet, then counted out each bill and dropped it on the bed as he did. I took it and left, not accepting his offer to call me a cab. I felt pretty gross. My later experiences were better. And Dark Scottish Loch writes, He sounds like he was a weird douche. And Sobek Ra writes, If you were slash are good enough that he decided you were too good and made him worry about falling for you, maybe you should be charging slash have charged more than $80 a date. And throw away because pros writes, Haha, it was just a line. He didn't really mean it, I think. My rates have stayed pretty consistent. And Sobek Ra writes, Shit, you need to start raising them. High class status. And throw away because pros writes, I suppose. It's a supplemental job though, not my entire income. I'm not sure I have the kind of time to invest. I charge most of my clients 100 to 200. But most of my regulars aren't just looking for aren't just going for blowjobs. And deleted ads, let me give you a bit of advice I learned at a wedding photography trade show. Pretty renowned photographer. He started off though only charging a thousand bucks for a wedding, did a lot of jobs, made a good amount a year, but was always hustling. He says, quote unquote, then I thought, okay, let's double my rate. I only have to have half as many clients to keep the same income. Knew that if no one hired him, he'd go back to his previous rate. He doubled his rate, got more clients as a result. Has done so several times. Charges a lot now. Only has to photograph a few weddings a year to make the same money as when he photographed 40 a year. TLDR, charge more, work less. And deleted ads, $80 a date. That's like streak hooker prices in the US. How is that worth your time if you had a plan this whole thing like a week in advance and all that? I looked at escort prices in a couple of areas and it was a couple hundred dollars an hour minimum for anything on the internet. Are you like in West Virginia or something? Seems like you could buy and resell pot and make more money with much less work. Prostitution for that kind of money just seems crazy. And Cuddle Apocalypse writes, Eh, where I'm at, that's about right for a decent looking street girl. Actually, escorts easily charge twice that though. And Lovable Contrarian writes, Pretty sure the guy was baiting and switching, but offering 80 bucks with the promise of 2,000 per month, then during the first date he has quote unquote a change of heart. Basically, he is scheming to get cheap BJs. And Slut Puppies asks, You ever worry about contracting STDs? Oral doesn't sound like a smart thing to do. And throw away because pros adds, Of course I worry about it. 
I do a visual inspection and wouldn't go forward if anything looked off. There is definitely a lot of risk involved, but that's the nature of the work. And Uncle Brian adds, so just as a heads up, HPV isn't always evident from visual inspection. And you can pass on herpes without obvious lesions present. Edit HPV and herpes. And Lily Vale writes, why not make the guy wear a condom, even for oral? It helps protect you, and it helps protect them. If they expected it, they'd soon get used to it. And deleted ads. High-class hookers are supposed to give BJs without condoms. For $80, though, I don't see any problem asking him to wear one. And 2559 writes, My first job was a private client, and I was totally calm on my way there and during. It wasn't until I got into a cab to go home that I started crying. I wasn't even upset. It was just involuntary. A month later, I joined an agency my first night. They gave me this guy who became my first regular. Always booked half an hour, and I never stayed longer than 10. The other job of the night was in an office in an old industrial estate. Two very married man and other escort. She was really nice and reassuring and helped me get over the initial embarrassment. The rest of the night was just sitting in the car with my driver talking about World War II and listening to Frank Sinatra. Most of the time I even had fun, but I still always got butterflies on the drive there. I think it was the anticipation of not knowing who the guy was. They could he sincerely nice or they could be a complete jerk. Edit, a few people have been asking about my education. I am a med student in one of the more expensive parts of London. UK student loans are based on household earnings. My family are quite wealthy and I have a few pre-existing debts. Thus, zero money. And Captain Waffle asks, How did you get into that job? Was it hard to get into? Brackets. Qualifications, high standards? And 2559 writes, I, I needed fast money and I was propositioned by a guy at the bar I was working at. I'm actually a med student and student loans don't stretch terribly far. And deleted ads. LOL, med student here. I live quite comfortably on student loans without the need to let strangers penetrate me with their cocks. And baby's first boner ads. I'm sorry, but no normal med student would become an escort. I call horseshit on this. Banks will give med students loans. Source, med student. Edit, I forgot a lot of you know nothing about loans or med school and don't realize this is absolutely horseshit. No aspiring doctor would sell themselves for sex and risk their career getting shamed. You can find much more meaningful jobs as a med student. And Reginald Perry adds, Fixed, condescending med student. Being 180k in the hole is way less appealing than escorting and being free. Loans don't stretch that far if you don't take out as much. And deleted ads, I know a med student who strips in cage dances. Not quite the same, but still. And throwaway995511 writes, I was an independent escort for four years. My first night, I was ridiculously nervous. I went to an upscale hotel, nervously walked through the lobby, hoping I looked like I belonged there, and not what I was really there for. I was nervous the whole elevator ride up to his room. I walk to his room, knock slightly on the door. He knocks, he opens the door, says, brackets, for the story's sake, we will use the name Sarah. Quote, unquote, hi, Sarah. Sarah? And like an idiot, I reply with my real name. We laughed it off. It was quick. Ten minutes, he was polite and clean, in the area for business. I ended up seeing him a few more times over the years. Always very nice. Tipped on top of the hourly rate, which was always appreciated and made me choose to see him over other clients in the future. I have dozens of other stories if anyone is interested in hearing. And Ali Oxen adds, In general, what was your average client like in terms of demographic slash behavior? Were most meetings fairly quote-unquote normal, e.g. not really worth writing about? And throwaway 995511 replies, 
Most guys were family men, bored with their sex life at home and looking for something different. I also saw some guys that were in their 20s and I think just did it for the sake of saying someday that they did it. I did see quite a few weirdos. Had to kick some people out of my house, or in on case, ran out the door while putting my shirt on, and a good friend of mine who was working with me ran out behind me and dove into the car through a window, trying to just leave that guy's house as quickly as possible. And Orange Orange asks, please elaborate on that story. And throwaway995511 complies by saying, I was working with a good friend I had known for years. A lot more money for two girls than just one. We go to the guy's hotel, relax for a few minutes, chat slash make mall talk. I go over my rules with him again. Just to be clear, so there's no confusion. Rules. Nothing in my butt or theirs. No weird shit like golden showers or gross stuff. Protection must be used. There was a few others, but those were my big ones. The usual threesome stuff goes down. When time is starting to run out, I let them know in a nice way that doesn't ruin the mood. He starts getting extremely rough, saying that's how he gets off. I stop the activity, let him know that I will do my best to make him happy, but I'm not putting myself or the girl I'm working with through pain for this. He apologizes and we continue. He once again starts being rough with me, to the point that my friend has to push him off. He starts getting angry and yelling, saying we owe him back the money. I did not want to deal with that level of crazy or have the cops called, and we have to explain everything. We took off as quickly as possible. I didn't work for a few weeks after that. And Sirens to Go adds, Do you guys carry guns or pepper spray? This is the perfect time to let a spray go in that guy's face. And Throwaway995511 replies, I carried two knives and had the pepper spray that goes on my keychain. But of course, the girl who was with me didn't even think of it, and I did not have my keys within arm's reach while naked. And Luca Cola writes, If you want self-defense, do not carry a knife. They are awful self-defense weapons. They're good for utility and should be used for defense as a very last-ditch effort. It might save you on intimidation alone, but don't count on it. You can certainly wound or even kill someone with a knife, but they are not good at disabling someone, meaning that if you stab a guy, they might not even flinch and now you're wide open. And God forbid they themselves are carrying a knife and your knife prompts them to draw their knife or turn your knife on you. You might leave much worse for wear than if you had not brought one. Not to mention you need to get right next to someone to use a knife. If they are carrying something with actual length, they will probably get the first hit in and chances are you won't recover quickly enough to make use of the knife after that. For your own sake, please do not rely on a knife. Pepper spray is a good option if you want something more, carry a gun. Which is obviously pretty difficult since your occupation leaves you without much place to put one. But I assume you carry purses. But a gun gives you some obvious benefits that can actually keep you safe. And Poopsicle007 writes, No, it's actually terrible advice. If you get caught being an escort, they add on charges for you having a gun while you do it. The reason for this is a criminal act voids your CCW slash CHL, which is concealed carry permit, I guess. That is assume you even planned on getting a license. Do yourself a favor and use pepper spray, maybe even a taser, but stay away from guns. In Texas specifically, it bumps your crime up, e.g. Class B misdem becomes Class A misdem. And throwaway995511 adds, I was registered on a few escort websites. I had to pay to post my ad and be a member, and potential clients had to also pay to see my contact information. It kept the quote-unquote Craigslist-type people from contacting me, which were always more of a hassle than it was worth. I saw this one late 40s retired military man. He became a twice-a-week regular for quite a while. The regulars are always the best. You already know what they like, there's no nervousness, and they usually tip on top of the rate. The regulars did see my home. I had a separate bedroom from my bedroom to see them in. He ended up becoming a little obsessed, ended up giving me a quite expensive Rolex, which I ended up selling and buying a car. 
and Era 539 ads, I watched a Louis Thoreau documentary on escorts. Have you ever worked in a massage parlor or anything of that sort? And uh, throw writes. I was an escort and my friend did. I'd escort out of a hotel and then pick her up so I'd be so I'd sit there waiting often because she didn't drive. It was all Asians and they charged about 150. 100 for the girl. The Asian guys took 15 minutes and the girls would see like 10 guys a day. Some of the women would get on t- would get to 20. Some of the women would get to 20. On holidays like Thanksgiving, it could be 25. The most my friend saw was 20 and I remember she would be exhausted. It's crazy. A lot of women were trafficked from Asian countries, brackets, Malaysia, Korea, etc. And conditions were horrible. They would basically do nothing but fuck for a few months, never leave the house, and then go home and be pretty wealthy. Really nice girls, but the whole thing was pretty insane. What struck me was the racism. You could have a model Malaysian girl, but if the guy were Chinese and he saw a hideous Japanese, he would choose that. The racial pecking order was insane. I participated a few times, brackets, sorry, rumors seemed to be true, they were all insanely tiny, and it was just kind of pathetic. I was an anomaly, so some would see me sitting there and choose me, but most found me hideous for not being Asian. I was amused by it and never offended. It was something, it was sometimes just an easy few hundred bucks waiting for my friend. I've heard some horrible things about the White Houses. We knew a girl who got beat up there and it was much more violent. And Robert Tushka writes, can you give some more rough numbers on quote unquote insanely tiny? And a throwaway ads, like four inches. I didn't personally have many brackets, I'd say 10, but my friend did hundreds. Her friend was like this famous hooker and did thousands. It was insane. There was one beautiful Japanese girl who was at an Ivy League who would do 20 a day. She was so popular. She would work during her school breaks. She also had a taste for luxury and would sleep with 20 guys, brackets, 2K, and go buy a Burberry dress for 2K. I was like, holy shit, I'll keep my vagina empty and wear rags. All these girls took herbs and used numbing cream on their vaginas, but it still hurt by the end of the day. I've always been on the small side and lazy, so I would escort for a higher rate, 500, and usually see three men a week max. That was hard work to me, but with white larger men mostly. And Bert Deathstare writes, <laughs> that's really funny, that's a funny name. And Bert Deathstare writes, four inches is insanely tiny? What would you consider 5.6 inches? Small? It's the US average. And in Pisa writes, as far as I've ever heard, the standard deviation isn't big. And Apathy writes, average size is about 5.6 inches. SD is about an inch. Average circumference is about 4.8 inches. SD is about 0.8 inches. So assuming penis size follows a normal distribution, four inches would be within the bottom 5.5% if my math is correct. Well, um, and era 539 replies, penis math, the best math. And bum wine ads. Stop being insecure. Imagine inches are feet and six feet is somehow quote unquote average. Four feet is going to be considered midget status. Sorry, five foot seven would be pretty short. Just because we're dealing with inches doesn't make the difference say doesn't make the difference any less vast. And Bert Deathstare ads. How am I being insecure? I'm just surprised four inches is considered quote unquote insanely tiny by some people. If I thought about insanely tiny, I'd think micro penis. Four inches I'd just call small. And Deleted asks, why did you quit being an escort if you don't mind my asking? 
and throwaway 995511 replies. A few different reasons. I'm from a smaller area and knew it was only so long before Pupple I knew found out. I also moved away from said area and didn't want the reputation where I had moved to. I, I then started dating someone new about six months after I stopped and left the guy I had been with the whole time I did it. And I knew there was no way he would ever be okay with it and I didn't expect him to be. I found out that once I was in a happy relationship that I didn't want to do it anymore. Being with him also means more to me than the money I made while doing it. And Ryan James 01 replies, I'm a straight male escort, and my first day of work was definitely not what I expected. I had quote-unquote female friends in the industry, so I already knew what a normal job would be like. It's the same regardless of gender. It's a t In a typical booking, you meet, chat for a bit, sort out business, ask the client to shower, then get down to business. For me, that generally includes a massage, foreplay, sex, and a fair bit of conversation. For my first booking, I received an email from a girl that basically went as follows. Quote-unquote, I'd like to book you as a birthday present for my friend's 24th surprise party. Party. No worries, I can do that. I turned up early to help these girls prepare the surprise and they're all insanely attractive. Out of my league attractive. The girl who booked me then drops this bombshell on me. Quote unquote, oh, by the way, all of us girls are either escorts or strippers. Uh-oh, I'm in way over my head. I do my best to remain calm and collected and we all enjoy ourselves before the birthday girl shows up. They all turn out to be lovely girls and we had a fun night. No actual sex, but there were a few shenanigans that went on. At the end of the day, it was a definite quote-unquote thrown in the deep end experience, but one I'll never forget. And Lieutenant Swag McGee writes, How does one get into the straight male escort industry? I'm asking for a friend. And Sinister Sinister adds, Did you find out how people get into the male escort business? And Lieutenant Swag McGee replies, Sadly, no. And Sinister Sinister adds, Damn, if you find out, let me know. And Ryan James 01 writes, I let him know. <laughs> and that Ryan James person did an AMA, and I will read some, some questions people asked him on that one as well. So Adam Zosh writes, Obvious question, how big is the package? How can a slightly overweight guy get into the male escort business? And Ryan James 01 replies, Eight inches. Honestly, just put an ad up. There's a market for everyone. It, how successful you are, depends on you. It's up to you what you do about your weight. But personality, hygiene, ability to hold conversation, and some skill in the bedroom are all hugely important. And KHenry666 asks, What constitutes bedroom talent? I can do a headstand and jerk 265 pounds over my head. Does that give me an in on the industry? And Ryan James replies, Squats and deadlifts, bro. Gotta build those glutes for some hip thrusting action. Seriously, though, just pay attention to your partner. If they appear to like something, do more of that. If they don't appear to like something, change things up. Also, a lot of communication and experimentation. Don't be afraid to try new things with your partner's consent, of course. And back to the original thread. And anti-damage ads. I don't know any myself, but the ones I've heard of got into it, escorting, because their girlfriends were doing it. From there, their clients were mostly other working girls. There's some weird dynamic going on, and it definitely never sounded like full-time work for any of the guys in question. The impression I got was that non-working girls would never pay for sex, and working girls do it in order to feel like they're on the other side for a change. And as the original post said, often there isn't any sex. It's more about paying a guy to hang out with you and respect your limits. From there, it only seems natural to hire another working girl's boyfriend. And deleted ads. I think the demand is there. It's just not with the kind of women you would want to have sex with. And Carlita Bear adds, Oh, so kind of like the men who use the same service. And Rick Wolf asks, 
How so? Reading through a lot of the replies, the men that hire escorts are usually married men who are bored of their sex life at home. Is that so hard to believe for a woman to be the same? I don't think that the male escort business would be as big, but there's probably less male escorts in comparison. So money-wise, brackets per person, it would probably equal out. And Lieutenant Swag McGee adds, I was thinking it's probably more of a hobby. I mean, getting paid to go on a few dates a year doesn't sound hard at all. And Matarang adds, Step 1. Be attractive. Step 2. Don't be unattractive. An escort throwout adds, My first time and only time as a male escort, I didn't realize that I was. I used to hair model from time to time for wedding photographers and hair salons, so I have a few headshots floating around on different modeling websites and stock images. One day I got an email from a photographer that said he was practicing drawing and needed a nude male model to practice form. He said that he had a studio he could book and would pay $100 for two hours. I was saving for a plane ticket to come home to surprise my parents for spring break, so figured this would be an easy way to make a connection in the art industry as well as pick up some cash. We agreed on a time, he gave me his number, and we talked on the phone to voice verify as well as the studio that we would be working at. When I arrived at the location, he was waiting there and said the studio had been booked out to the night and so asked if he wanted to grab some food and then head to a hotel so we could just pose and draw there. I agreed. We had dinner, made small talk about church and what I was studying at my university and eventually got a cheap hotel room in downtown Nashville. Eventually, I got naked and he asked if I thought I could get an erection so he could draw it. I said maybe and he asked if he could help. I declined at first and attempted to get an erection, but eventually he said he wanted to help and came over to me and started jerking me off. I didn't know what to do as he was significantly bigger than me. I started to try to get up, but he laid on me and wouldn't let me move. He kept saying, quote unquote, shh, and told me that everything was going to be okay and then he would get me back to my dorm in an hour. I gave up struggling and he gave me a blowjob while he laid on me and kept me down. I was so scared that I came in about two minutes. I didn't say anything as he got up, tossed me my clothes and said, quote unquote, let's get you home. He drove me home in silence and I started to get out of the car. He grabbed my arm and said, quote unquote, I hope that was fun for you too. I'll let you know if I need any more fun in the future and dropped two fifties on the seat. I went back to my dorm and cried, not knowing if I had just become a prostitute or got sexually assaulted. <laughs> Second one. Sometimes I get contacted by him and got a couple messages from him while he was drunk, but I just ignore them and try to forget about it. Edit a little late on the reply here, but thank you to everyone for your kind words and advice. I did end up reporting it and getting help with school counselors, but the police said there wasn't any good evidence and kind of brushed it off since I was a male. Granted, I did wait a while to report it, so that could make sense as to why they didn't want to pursue anything. Regardless, the police officers I talked to had a quote-unquote uh, okay reaction to me reporting it, and I felt ashamed of it and not saying safer when I was leaving. I joined a couple of sexual violence awareness groups and lend an ear to others who have been through similar situations. For anyone who needs help, this person posted some great links and resources. While I should have seen red flags in the situation, that doesn't make anything that he did to me okay. And Scarlet Vixen adds, You were assaulted. There's nothing wrong with sex for money if that's what both adult parties have consented to and agreed to. You did not consent or agree to that. You were essentially raped. I'm so damn sorry that happened to you. If you haven't already, you might want to look into getting some counseling, but just find someone to talk to about it one way or another that will be understanding and help you out. Especially since he keeps contacting you occasionally. That cannot be easy to move past when it gets brought up to the present regularly. And throwaway 012375 writes, throwaway for obvious reasons. I don't know why people have to feel like they have to say that. This sounds awful. 
but I was so desperate for money that I posted on Craigslist. Obviously, that was stupid and dangerous, but I was 17 and didn't think about it. I basically asked people to bid to see who I would go with. Keep in mind, this was a suburb in the Midwest US, so the money wasn't crazy. I ended up driving 45 minutes to meet a guy who then drove me to his house. Again, so stupid, I can't believe I didn't die that night. The dude was like 50, heavy cigarette smoker, smelled like booze. I told him I was 19. Brackets, so stupid. The guy paid me $60 an hour for three hours. We smoked a few bowls, talked about jazz, and then very creepily went on and on about my boobs. I jerked him for like 30 minutes with his horrible rose-scented lotion, blew him, and eventually we had sex. I was impressed he could get it up with how high he was and figured he must be on something else. That's mostly what I was thinking about the whole time. I didn't feel it when he came because I was too concerned trying to give a good performance. So awkward, but he didn't seem to notice. When I got off him, there was no condom on his dick and I freaked out until I realized it was still inside me. We quote-unquote hung out for a little while, brackets, read, he slept and I tried not to puke, and then he took me back to my car, filled up my tank and gave me $300. All in all, not a horrible experience, but also not wonderful. He called me a few times, but I never went back. And throwaway 9347187 writes, I started working because I had gotten a few propositions through a dating website. I was studying med at the time. I was short on money, so one time, this guy made me what seemed like a lucrative offer, and I agreed. I didn't know how any of it worked, so I told a friend I was going to go out and to call or text me in an hour's time. We initially met in a park at night, sat in his very, very nice car, had a bit of a flirty chat, then made an appointment. He said he was 58 years old, but I think he was about 15 to 20 years older than that. A week or two later, I drove to his apartment. I was petrified but I needed the money so I rang the doorbell. It was a lovely apartment and he paid up front. He was nice enough, asked me to do some things I didn't want to do, so I said, quote unquote, maybe not this time. Kept an eye on the time brackets via the helpful clock radio next to the bed and thankfully he finished on time. I had a shower, a bit of a chat afterward, and then he kissed me goodbye on the cheek. I think the fact that I said no to rimming annoyed him a little bit, but he texted later and asked if I would like to do a threesome with another working girl. Things proceeded from there. Edit. As for your questions, I was very nervous. It wasn't too awkward because we communicated about what he wanted during the experience and I was happy to accommodate that, brackets, mostly. I didn't have fun, though I led him to believe I did. I would say the client was happy, happy all over my chest. I know my motivations at the time, but I would never tell anyone about it. I told one person, my doctor, I keep a diary to process through things and that's enough for me. And Abby82 writes, I drank a heap of wine before I went to the agency. This was about 2.5 years ago when the industry was booming. I did booking after booking and went home with a massive wad of cash. I didn't think about it too much. I just loved the rush of being booked and making so much money. The industry is dead over here now and I have no idea why. And Sarah Neth writes, Industry's dead here, too. A lot of my friends are escorts, brackets. I dance in a fully nude club and do sex shows. And I know a lot of it is the plummeting price of sex. We have a huge human trafficking and pimping problem, and tricks are always looking for the best deal. Can't compete, unfortunately. Most girls have packed up and left. I still dance occasionally, but I work in an office now. It's just a bad time to be a sex worker. And Snally Gaster writes, Perhaps it's because the market's been flooded with girls willing to do it. There are so many cam girls and escorts these days, and they're so easy to find that there's probably too many options for men to choose from. The money's probably just being spread thin over a larger amount of workers, as I doubt that less men are choosing to go to escorts. And trust me, I'm a human ads. I can imagine sites like Tinder, where people are just looking to hook up, have something to do with it as well. With the internet these days, it's super easy to connect with people who just want free, no strings 
is attached sex and deleted ads. I have never once quote unquote hooked up with someone on Tinder. Out of all the times I've met with people, they either assumed I was their new weed hookup or their new LTR. I just want casual sex, crying emoticon. And Seth Joe writes, I am two for two with crazy chicks that I have stuck my dick in. I am done with that app. <laughs> and Craigslist whore one, two, three writes, okay, here we go. When I was 18, I was tight on cash and decided, fuck it. I need a sugar daddy. I went on Craigslist and found a guy. He wanted to meet me first and needed a new girl to replace his old one. He was willing to pay four figures per date. I drove to meet him and was stuck in traffic on the way for an hour or two. I sat in a Starbucks while waiting. He got lost because he was only there on a business trip. I was shaking by the time he came. We got burgers and drinks and sat at a table waiting for everything talking. He was sweet, but not my type. I was so nervous and shaking. We got to his hotel and sat and talked and ate, then started getting frisky. He would not stop talking about how amazing I looked and was, and I know he was trying to flatter me, but after a while, it got really old. I stayed the night and left in the morning. He gave me money for gas. I later told him I'm sorry, but the age difference felt too weird and he would have to find another girl, but I just couldn't stand him. Then I found this married guy. We talked. I sent him pictures of myself and he was hooked. He ordered things off Amazon for me to bring. Brackets. We'll talk. We're talking bondage slash anal stuff. Anal was on the list of quote unquote necessities to him. I was an anal virgin and really hesitant about it. I told him I wanted to be blindfolded for the thrill of it, but really I just didn't want to see his face. Drove an hour to a motel in town to see him. The way everyone looked at me, I knew they knew what I was there for. I knocked on the door. It opened. I stepped inside where the lights were off kept my eyes to the ground. He came up to me and started stroking my arm. My face instructed me to put the blindfold on, and I did. I hated it. I hated every minute of it. I lost my anal virginity to him, and it was painful, and I cried. I could feel his fat slapping against my stomach. He kissed me with his bushy beard tickling my face, and I fucking hated it. I wanted to vomit. He gave me the $400, and I left. I cried all the way home. He was nuts about me. Wanted to take me on trips and buy me an apartment in his town and all that. I agreed to meet him again, but no anal and no kissing. I told him it felt very weird to kiss him and he has a wife. Brackets, I know, what a fucking lame excuse. But what was I supposed to say? Quote, unquote, you disgust me? The second time, he was coked out and had a hard time keeping it up. I had to awkwardly console him when he beat himself up over it and sucking his flaccid dick several times. We laid together for a while and had a bit of, quote, unquote, sex without a full boner. It's pretty much a fail. Once he gave up on the whole thing and admitted defeat, I packed up everything and sat on the edge of the bed. He brought my money and placed it in my hands and told me to look at him. I was still wearing the blindfold and I shook my head. He took it off me and told me to look at him. He was wearing a bandana that covered most of his face except his eyes. He had lovely eyes and it made me want to cry when I thought of his wife. This dude was convinced that I wasn't in it for the money. I had a sick mind, I had a dirty side, and if only he could fulfill it. I didn't bother correcting him because I didn't want to kill the self-esteem he was building for himself. I told him I couldn't do it anymore. He messaged me a few times over the next year but I kept telling him no, no, no matter what the price he gave me. I regret both encounters to this day and nobody knows about it. I've moved past this. I've never spoken to a soul about any of this and it's felt nice to let it out and see that rather than being called a whore, you guys feel bad for me and are concerned about my well-being. Sometimes I'll catch a smell or see something or hear something that'll remind me of that summer and suddenly I'll have all those flashbacks. Other than that, I've really moved past it. I try not to think or dwell on it. My biggest regret is probably losing my anal virginity to a stranger. What an idiot. I am. I wouldn't exactly call it a precious 
but it's something <laughs> I wouldn't exactly call it precious, but it's something that requires a lot of communication and it's hard to tell a stranger how much it hurts when you have a fucking ball gag in your mouth and when you know he's paying for it. I am now with a man I love very much who treats me so well. I didn't know happiness like this existed and I really had no idea I could love another person so much. Our sex life is wonderful, although I'm hoping to bring a little more kink into it. He has absolutely no idea about this and I'll take it all to my grave. I did use condoms both times and I have been tested since. And floppy-eared Philly ads. Not sure if this is what you're looking for. I was a different type of sex worker. A pro-dom. My first pro session was terrible. He was a good client. However, anything bad that could happen did happen, including cracking his rib during a trampled session. Brackets, very rare when everything is done correctly. However, I never had an issue after that first session. Ended up with quite a few wonderful regulars. And JOJ2 writes, I'm very interested to hear a little more about how this works. What other interesting experiences have you had? How did you get into the industry? And floppy heard and floppy-eared Philly replies. All my partners, brackets, at that point had been kinky and submissive, brackets, or had a foot fetish. So I was comfortable exploring new fetishes. I had been selling used panties for the money and thought I'd take it a step further. I decided to find a small private dungeon to rent by the hour and put it up an ad online. Being, quote-unquote, new on the market, I got plenty of inquiries. Other than that first session, I loved the job for many surprising reasons. I learned so much about how people work and often about myself. For many clients, they live their whole lives keeping their fetishes a secret. When first-timers came to me, I was the only person they'd ever talked to about this part of the life that they often despised. I was honored to be the person who helped some of these people come to terms with their desires and often felt like more of a counselor than a sex worker. Never before had I realized how much stigmas can change brackets and ruin a person's life. I'm so much more aware now of the comments I make because you never know what friend or loved one is secretly getting hurt by your words. And deleted ads. Just after high school, my girlfriend got a job as an escort. It was back when pagers were cool for reference. I dropped her off at work on her first night. The place was in a strip mall, just a little spot that looked like a half-empty travel agency or insurance shop. It was out calls only, so basically you wouldn't know it was an escort service. I hung out in town because she said she'd page me if she needed me to come get her. She paged me pretty quickly. I picked her up and we drove to McDonald's and got coffee. She was a wreck. She said that she told them she was going on a break, but that she wanted me to take her home. She wasn't even going back to get paid. She went on an out call to a guy's house. They had bouncer-like guys to drive the girl's places, and so a guy drove her to some guy's house and waited outside in the car. The customer obviously wanted to have sex, and she was totally blindsided by this. I honestly don't think she knew that she was a sex worker. She thought she was going to be a, quote-unquote, go out on the town for a date kind of escort. She even wore one of her nicest dresses. <laughs> Long story short, she ended up just watching the guy masturbate before fleeing the place and getting driven back to the office. Then I picked her up and she never went back. The thing I remember most clearly was when she was describing it to me, she was disillusioned, incredulous. Quote, unquote, there were pictures of his wife on the walls, pictures of his family. She was a great gal. FYI, from what I know via Facebook, she went to university, traveled the world, has a beautiful family and a successful career. Happy ending. And Starbright1984 writes... I don't remember. I don't remember much about the entire six years or so that I did it. The whole reason I got into working as a call girl was because I have a traumatic brain injury that causes memory loss and disassociative episodes, and I wasn't receiving treatment for it at the time. Every day, all of my life up until recently has been a struggle to appear normal. There is only one job where you are only required to appear normal for one or two hours a day, and that's an escort service. Edit. Wow, this got a lot more attention than I expected. I also grew up in a cult. Anyone can ask me anything they want. In fact, I'm doing a casual AMA. And Deleted asks, are you okay? I hope you're okay tonight and in general. 
And Starbright 1984 writes, Ha ha, thank you, I'm okay now. There's a long story involved. In fact, I'm doing an AMA if you're interested. And there's a link. And tell me, are you free ads? Gay man here. I remember the first time I accepted money for sex. A guy messaged me on a gay dating site. I was 17 at the time. Quote unquote, 18 on my profile. This man, brackets 60 something years old, offered me $100 to suck my dick. I knew I was down immediately. I countered back that I'd do it for 150 and he had to let me watch porn while he did it quote unquote can i swallow it uh yeah duh so i went to his place as a quote unquote 20 year old adult now i think what the fuck that guy could have murdered me he could have raped me he could have cut my skin off to wear it like a dress but he didn't do any of those things he put on some porn for me brackets very helpful as i wasn't attracted to him at all i pulled out my dick started jacking off and once i was hard he sucked me to completion 150 dollars. thank you very much quote unquote would you be willing to come again sometime uh yeah duh so i would head over to his place about once a month come get paid repeat when i moved away from college i found similar guys old men fat men especially ugly men i never had to make them come they just wanted to make me come so that's what i sold them a chance to make a hot young guy with a big dick come brackets forgive the vulgarity it was about letting these guys fantasize that they had gotten me without paying for it i learned very quickly that they were happier if i could make them feel like it wasn't an exchange my favorite slash fondest memory though was one guy who didn't even want that he wanted someone to cuddle with rub against we stayed in our underwear i actually sort of felt good about visiting him because it didn't feel as gross he just wanted human contact and i gave it to him for a price but i gave it to him and deleted writes that last part made me unreasonably sad. And throwaway ZXS writes, I tried being a rent boy for about a week. The first time was when someone messaged me on Manhunt, offering to suck my dick for $200, which sounded okay, and is actually not too uncommon in the gay community. So I went to some random hotel in Chelsea and NYC and cummed in some guy's mouth. It wasn't too bad until the last person I ended up seeing, which creeped me out enough to end that career. I wasn't grossed out too much by anyone, but I had a hard time keeping it up. So for this client with the username quote-unquote Glowbed, I took Viagra right before getting there. About a half an hour of somewhat awkward conversation, brackets, he kept talking about his quote-unquote night in heaven. He took me up to his room. As soon as we got there, I started to get creeped out. He lived completely alone in a large apartment, but when we got to his bedroom door, the door had a huge 4x4 expensive keypad lock with a numbered password. Why would someone need that in a bedroom where they bring rent boys in when they live completely alone. The next thing he did was shut the lights off, say, quote unquote, want to know why they call me glow bed and flip a switch which turned on bright blue lights underneath the bed. I decided to just jet out of the apartment and take a subway home. And Big Bounce writes, Hmm, sounds pretty cool, actually. I had a glow bed set up once. Didn't show it off to rent boys, however. And PH asks, how do you get set up as a rent boy? And throw away ZXS writes, it's really easy. Just set up a profile on rentboy.com and that's it. And lecherous hump ads. Well, I don't know what I was expecting. And Fox writes, no longer an escort. Brackets only saw a few clients and decided I'd rather make money the normal way. But here's my first experience. Signed up as an escort and cam girl site. My partner couldn't accompany me to the meet, so I got my gay best friend to drive me. It was in a travel lodge brackets classy and i was super nervous i asked him if there was anything in particular he wanted me to wear and he said that he wanted me in casual clothes and no makeup 
of course. Guys don't really have a clue what girls look like without a stitch of makeup on, so I put on foundation, blush, mascara, and a cute sundress. The guy was around 50, brackets I was 20 at the time, and he mainly wanted to make out and cuddle. For some reason, he had covered himself in talcum powder, which was odd, and he wasn't attractive, which made it hard for me to get aroused, but he seemed very happy. The thing that weirded me out a little was he kept talking about how young I was and asked for my real name several times, brackets I had a fake name for obvious reasons. I was reluctant to give him my real name and instead just gave him another fake name. I told him my real name was Elizabeth, but my friends called me Lizzie, and he called me Lizzie for the remainder of the appointment. Then he had the cheek to try to haggle me down for an extra hour, which I declined. Afterwards, when I was 300 quid richer for an hour of quote-unquote work, I felt strangely empowered. And throw away 349,000 writes, I was just 22, just graduated with a BA and a major that would make me no money, moved in with my parents, and was on a downward spiral. I posted on Craigslist, $400 an hour, I had no clue about rates and still don't, but from this thread it seems high, and met a man the next night at his house for an agreed-upon 30 minutes. We sat on the couch, talked a little bit, he ran a small business, divorced, overweight, 40s, really ordinary, and quite nice, actually. He took me into his bedroom, and there were lit candles and a bottle of lube on the nightstand. I wouldn't kiss him for a while, but he seemed lonely, I guess. I eventually did. Bracket stupid, probably. He put a condom on and I blew him for a while, but he didn't stay hard consistently. I climbed on and rode him and he didn't come by the time the 30 minutes were up. I liked him, so I kept going until he finished. Maybe another 20 minutes? I didn't charge him for the extra. I didn't enjoy it as much as I would with a regular partner, but it wasn't bad. After we finished, he thanked me and we hugged. He suggested the next time he make spaghetti dinner and we could eat and get to know each other. It wasn't as bad as I expected, and I wasn't traumatized, but I never did it again. I'm not sure why. He texted me several times and eventually I told him that I'd moved. Sorry for the stilted writing. I never told this to anyone before and it was kind of strange typing it all out. And Moonshine Cherry finishes the thread by adding, I hope that by reading through all the responses, OP, that you are going into this with a more educated outlook on being an escort. That being said, I was considering using a throwaway, but who cares? None of you know me. None will ever meet me. I was in the adult entertainment industry for 12 years. I started with stripping, then porn, then escort. I was already used to men that want only one thing from me, so it was not that big of a deal to me until I was on my way to my first out call. I prepared for hours, making sure I was at my best, carefully shaving and applying soft-scented body lotion, making sure that I was all that I had been advertised. I put on my sexiest dress and checked in the mirror to make sure that all was just perfect. I did not look myself in the eye. The hotel I was driven to was not the agreed upon place, much cheaper and seedier, but it was too late for me to turn back. There were bills to be paid. As I entered the room, I could feel my soul shutting down. In retrospect, in retrospect, I really appreciate my ability to do that. I was able to go through the motions of being exactly was the client wanted me to be. I have been the soft lover, the sex crazed girlfriend, the dominatrix, the submissive, and sometimes the mother to many men. Even 20 years later, I regret that I would put my own well-being on the line just for a few thousand dollars at a time. Some people can do this type of work, others cannot. I am now happily married with a career that I am good at, but I am plagued by my decision to hurt the girl that I was just to quote-unquote get ahead on my bills in life. I hope that all works out for you, OP. Just remember that you won't be in the position you are in right now forever, and that an ex-sex worker has you in her thoughts. And Mama Duke's M writes, so I'm not being a judgmental dick. I'm just really curious. Why did getting paid for sex as an escort bother you, but getting paid to do porn didn't? They are exactly the same thing. I'm sorry you have so much regret over your past decisions. You don't deserve that. You're past that now. You're not a bad person, and you weren't a bad person then. Hold your head high and be proud of who you are today. Not ashamed of who you used to be. And Moonshine Cherry adds, 
doing porn had more of a quote-unquote making a movie feel to it and escort had more of a quote-unquote holy shit i have to pretend to care feel to it so for me it was two totally different things even though i have regret about many many things in my past i do hold my head up high because i made it through the things that many other women have not well what did you think about that an interesting look into the world of escorts. Are you an escort? I am not. I also don't think anyone would pay to have sex with me. I know, Lou, you're like, Lou, no, don't say that. Lots of people would love to pay to have sex with you. It's nice of you to say. I'm sure you're saying it. I was looking through an old document of uh, potential things to read and came across this one. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. And I found it entertaining. And I hope that you did as well. But uh, I don't have any experience with the world of prostitutes, except, of course, I have mentioned in the past that I did consider it when I was in Amsterdam once uh, with a girl that was so be- unbelievably attractive to me at the time that I was like, oh my God, I'll never have this opportunity again. But I did not. And as I have said before, I, I, an acquaintance of mine did have that experience in Amsterdam with a girl in one of those glass windows and said it was the worst thing that had ever happened to him. So I feel glad that I chose not to. I do know people who have had sex with prostitutes and escorts, and um, uh, but I am not one of them. Are you? I didn't mean to make that sound so accusatory. Uh, anyway, just to wrap up the usual, uh, if you want a magnet, Reads at gmail.com. Just ask for a magnet. Give me your address. I'll send you one. If you want a t-shirt, bonfire.com. Please like and review the site wherever you listen to this, whether it's on podcast or or Apple podcast or Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you listen to Lou Reads. Please positively rate and review the podcast. You could be like some of these people who wrote reviews. Like this review written by Ponchu titled Close to Being Good. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, right. I remember this one. I'm not going to write that. (laughs) And as I promised last episode, I'm going to continue reading previous reviews. So if you'd like to have your review read, please feel free to write a review, point me to it, and I will add it to the list of reviews read. Like this one entitled Exceptional Podcast by a member of the U.S. Air Force who writes, Lou's soothing voice will get you through those long hours of work as he takes you on an adventure through the dark depths of the internet. Or L.J. Romanoff who writes, Let Lou be your tour guide through the worst of humanity. Or the person who wrote entitled uh, Something Worth Listening to Anytime and Worth Listening to Again and Again by Trap U20. Whether you want to hear something weird, something interesting, something disgusting, or something rather normal, he has an episode for you. A laugh for a chuckle, background noise, or an interesting story, you'll find yourself listening to almost every episode released, and then maybe a few again as hearing about some random form or another is just fun. And finally, Feral Wolf adds in a review they entitled Highly Enjoy the Strange Fun, which goes, Lou Reads is a podcast that is special in its presentation. I was originally introduced to it via listening to the F Plus as they cover the same ground. The ground in question are the highs and lows of the internet. The dichotomy of Lou's reading voice with the sometimes awful subject matter is great. I recommend this to anyone who wants a few laughs and the reminder that odds are some people are worse than you. Thanks, Lou. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Feral Wolf 72. I will. Thanks to everyone who 
supports the podcast on Patreon. I super appreciate it. Patreon is a, Patreon or however you pronounce it is a weird place. And, uh, you know, previously I had the issue with it. Yeah, my Patreon Patreon shut down. Uh, it's back up and people did not abandon it. So then I really appreciate that. Thanks to everyone who writes reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with everybody that you know, including your mom and your grandma. They need to know what's out there. Thanks, folks. I super appreciate it. I'm sorry it's taking so long. Not having a job is fucking with my head. And thanks to my good friend and longtime listener, White Power James, who <laughs> who said that I need to have my neg job hole paused for saying that stupid phrase because it made me laugh. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh, to finish up, my name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet. Stories of the first time you were ever an escort for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>